Yo, Broski, turn the gain up. Supercharged up. Super revved up. Welcome back to the Hard Report, man. We're back, man. Basketball season's in full effect, man. We never leave you guys hanging, man. Um, a lot has happened since we last spoke. Apologies for what happened with our last YouTube video. We had to upload the full length, but we're going to get back to the clips sooner rather than later. Um, but before we dig into everything that happened since we last spoke, let's dig in and see what the boy's been up to. Kev, what have you been seeing since we last spoke? Uh, no, nothing different. Still just... NBA's in a good spot right now, coming second half of the schedule. I feel like COVID's kind of died down in terms of the NBA. They just released the COVID-19 uh, vaccine measures. That, Last time I said that, you know what happened. but No, they just dropped the vaccine measures. Man, they're going to get special privilege, so we'll see how that works out. But we're here still, as Rob said, Monday, 8 o'clock, without fail. Saying you sleep in designer, eh? <laughs> Shut up, bro. <laughs> Chris, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame that Nike truly is designer. Those prices are insane. Ridiculous. But um, yeah, yo, another week and NCAA is kicked off. If you have a bracket and it's still alive, you're no, you don't. Cheated. All are done. So you're, They're all yeah, done. You're, you're, you're on a you're on a Back to the Future thing. But <laughs> it's it's been a it's been a good week still. So I'm here. Yeah, like it's been a lot happening. Obviously, trade deadline's coming up. So maybe next week we'll kind of just do a breakdown of what happened on the trade deadline, if anything, at that. Because at this point, we don't know if people are bluffers or they're actually bought action. But let's start off with the East versus West with just a general review of what's going on. Because honestly, if I told you that I knew what the East landscape looked like, I'd be lying because teams that I thought were in the playoff race somehow fell out of love. Um, so let's start with there, right? So right now, it's currently Philly with the number one seed, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Atlanta four, tied with four, four with Miami, um, New York six, Boston seventh, tied with uh, Charlotte for seventh, I guess, and then Chicago ninth, followed by Indiana, Toronto, Washington, and then the Scrubs. So just starting with the Eastern Conference, like obviously the top three kind of remain consistent since we last spoke, but like. Atlanta's risen to the four seed, tied with the record of 22 and 20. Boston is now 20 and 21, tied with Charlotte for the seventh seed. And Chicago and Indiana kind of fell out of the race a little bit. They're not too far behind, sitting at 18 and 22. So, what do you guys just think generally about the Eastern Conference? So, I'll pose it to you, Kip. It's, it's a mess, quite simple. If you win four games, you're in fourth place. And I feel like just two pods ago, we were talking about the Hawks being a mess, and now they're firmly entrenched in the playoffs. They have basically been firmly in the playoffs, out, and then back again by just winning a couple of games. And now Celtics are in eighth place. Pacers are all the way out. And now it's looking shaky for the Pacers because they fired Nate McMillan. He took over for two weeks and leapfrogged these men. So we'll talk about that later. But just that's the, only, that's the first thing I see that's like, that jumps out to me. I think the Hornets are kind of slowing down, as I kind of expected. Celtics still haven't gotten better. Like It's just weird. I keep waiting for them to get better, but maybe it never comes, and they got to play Philly at the next first round. So. What do you think, Chris? My first thing is looking at it, and I'm saying it's one of those situations this year where you're. it is what it is. Like 
if you're looking for the bottom teams to show you any type of consistency, I guess you got to, you know, throw that thing out the window. Because I feel like just two weeks ago, <clears throat> before the All-Star game, Raptors were in fifth place. Two weeks later, look at them out of the playoffs in 11. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's just such a mess where literally a winning streak can dictate your season at this point in time. The Hawks are the latest example of that. They're eight in a row. Shout out to Nate McMillan. Like, I don't know what he's doing to... Because it's not like his players have been... Well, Danilo Gallinari, the rooster, the cockmaster, he's been on fire, bro. Like, amazing. He's shooting great. He's playing. I don't know, bro. Like, hey, shout out to him. But looking at it, I'm just saying, in terms of the East, you can't you can't even project right now who's going to be able to make it out from who's not going to be able to make it out. Just last podcast, I was saying shout out to the the Hornets, and now the Hornets have slid two positions backwards. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no consistency in anything. Well, for me personally, I just think the thing about the East is like, I feel like every year people come in and say the East is better this year, and then we get to the halfway mark and we realize it's shit. Like, a lot of these teams, like, I'm not going to be surprised if they make the playoffs, but I, I will be surprised if they make the playoffs with some of the records. And in all honesty, some of these teams might make the, the playoffs with losing records, which isn't uncommon for the Eastern Conference, to be honest. But, like, I'm, I'm more so surprised, again, with what Atlanta has done winning eight straight. Uh, obviously, Miami climbed up the ranks as soon as they got healthy. Jimmy's been on a tear. But Boston, like, I don't know what's going on. And Indiana, they always seem like one of those teams just to kind of steady the ship and, you know, maintain that four five six slot like they always look like one of those teams to hold those positions down and now they're sitting in the ninth seat outside looking in so it's just one of those situations where it's like i feel like i need to temper my expectations for the eastern conference and really tell myself that like even if teams start good they won't finish good in this conference because the conference itself isn't good but um i do want to transition specifically though, like go ahead, looking go. At, go ahead no, no, I'm saying, like, in looking at a team like Indiana, like, I remember coming in this year saying that I don't really feel like they have it. They don't They don't have the juice to me. Like, I remember saying that. And we're like, yeah, but Indiana always does what they do. So, like, Indiana isn't even a surprise to me. The real surprise is the, is the Hornets, you know what I'm saying? Like, if anything, like, they're the team on the board right now, and also the Knicks, because we didn't expect the Raptors to absolutely fall out of the playoff race altogether. But those are the two teams right now, in my estimation, that I see that's stealing a position from another team. You know what I'm saying? For me, I'm looking at, you know, like the Celtics. Like, is there any opportunity? Do you guys see any chance of them actually? Like, say they don't make a move at the deadline. And that's not even anything to, you know, that's that wouldn't be shocking because it's not like it's in his, you know, his nature or whatever the case is. But if Celtics don't make a move at the deadline, do you see that? Do you see there's a if there's a chance that they may not even make the playoffs, bro? And I'm saying make the playoffs in the sense that they don't finish in the top eight. They may still make the playoffs because of the whole playing situation, but I'm saying like, do you see a situation where they're not in the top eight when the season's done? I don't see any chance that they miss the playoffs, though. Like, obviously they're on the very edge right now, so they <laughs> might not be top eight. Like, but they not by tomorrow they might not be top eight. But when I'm talking when it's all said and done, I just don't see a chance, though. Maybe that's just overconfidence in that organization and the players in that organization, but they're too good to fall out. So I don't think when it's all again, they're they're one and a half games back in fifth place. By week by if we come back in tomorrow, they might be in fifth. They could be in fourth, actually. They're one and a half game behind fourth. So I guess it's a mess. 
It's a mess. And then I look down the board at Toronto. The Raptors are two games above the Cavs who are in 13th. We could very well be top five in the draft next year. That's how bad we are over here. So it's it's a mess, man. It's it's sad still. The Raptors, I just thought we were going to be good until man's like Lowry left. And it's not. Granted, we're getting boxed up by COVID, but so did other teams. We were, yeah, we were shit like, for a very long time. At the start of the season, we, we were shit when we were healthy with no COVID. With no COVID at all. So, so. then when the COVID boxes us, we can't even complain like that because other teams dealt with it and they're better than us. It's that simple. I don't even understand why we're not trading Laurie. Like, I understand. Like, after I after I heard Laurie say that, regardless of what happens, I'm signing my one-day contract and I'm a retire Raptor, I felt like that was him giving us the credence or, you know, the approval to deal me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that was his way of saying, yeah, like, no hard feelings. Like, if you trade me, you trade me. So the report came out that we will not be trading Kyle Lorian, and it's just like, bruh, like... But, yo, so, to that point... So what are we doing here? What? Because are we going to re-sign him? I, I, you know I think we have, like, we have to understand this, Chris, because as much as I want to say that, like, yeah, we, we want to do right by Kyle Lorian, make him go to a competitor and be able to compete at a high level for a championship, Masai is no idiot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Masai is one of those guys where he's going to sit down there and really plan this out properly. And, like, he probably talked to Kyle Lowry and said, look, these are the realistic expectations and outcomes. And I'm just letting you know, giving you a heads up as a courtesy. But here's what I'm planning to do. Because I don't see a team, maybe outside of Philly, right, that would trade for Kyle Lowry and give enough to get him, knowing he's an expiring deal, might not sign back. Right now, as it currently stands. But right? but what is it? What is enough though? That's 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 the conversation. Like what what is enough? If a team is saying that I, I'm gonna give you a first round draft pick, in my estimation, that's enough. Because okay, but, and again, I ask the question: Are we resigning him? But I'm saying even if we don't resign him, getting him off the books alone clears enough cap for us to actually have flexibility to do something. Which is why I think again, a lot of teams know that if he's not going to a specific destination where it suits him, he's not signing back. So it's a rental. And it's not like you're getting a rental where, okay, even if you do want to sign him back, you want to be the one to pay him 70 over three years. I don't think any team right now wants to be that team to do it. Toronto would do it just based on his legacy. But do you want to pay Kyle Lowry would 70 we? mil over three years? Would we? I'm saying, I don't know if I'm, we would I'm not, sign him back to no I'm not saying that we would. I'm saying if there was any team that would, we would be it. And I don't even know if Masai wants to do that. <laughs> that's the reality. Who wants to pay Kyle Lowry 70 <clears throat> over three years fan. knowing he's going into You're speaking what, as if he's not. But you're, spe- you're speaking as if he's not sought after. I'm not is, saying he's not sought after. It's clear he's sought after. Rather than making the same mistake they made with Al Horford, so just that simple. Yeah, but granted, but that is fair. But I'm saying that the, the mere fact that he's sought after shows you that there is value to be had on the market. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but no, again, a man being sought after and what they're willing to return, what what they're sending to you has to make sense. Like, if the Sixers send you Danny Green, a man may deem Danny Green. That man may deem that doesn't match. First of all, right? Thirty mil for man's Kyle just, Lowry. Just man's love to talk about you just add filler. Man's love to add like you just add filler, but sometimes the filler doesn't even make sense for either team. Like, but here's how it makes sense, it, and this does match up because I heard. On the Dunk podcast, they they made a similar trade like this to get him over there, right? And what they did was they said Kyle Lowry for Danny Green, um, Maxi, and Ty, and um, what's my guy's name? Mike. Scott. I can't even remember my guy's name right now. Mike Scott. Mike but, Scott. No, yeah, yeah, and Mike Scott. 
right? Those three guys match up with a first-round pick attached to it. Why wouldn't we accept that if we know we're not re-signing him? I don't think we know we're not re-signing him. But why would we? Because like you I see the returns, right? You see the returns right now. Yeah, but I think I think if you look how the Raptors are moving, does this look like a panic? Does it look like these men are blowing it up? No, I think they should blow it up. Whether or not we think they should blow it up is irrelevant. Nothing about the moves that they've made so far, or anything coming out of the organization, deems this to be a panic thing. If anything, they're going to look at it as, "Yo, we had a down year for whatever reason, and next year we're going to draft the guy. We're going to have some flexibility in the." In the off season, and we're gonna try and come back. Again. I don't think, I don't, as much as I've been begging for it, I don't think Masai's on it for a rebuild. And I'm not gonna give away Kyle Lowry for guys who I don't think move the needle whatsoever. Yeah, first round draft pick's cool, but it's basically a second rounder. Like, let's be real about it. If you get a first round draft pick from the Sixers, it's a second rounder as we speak right now. So, it's it's. I don't think that shit's as attractive as it is. I, if we're not going to resign him, if we know we're not gonna resign him. I think he will be traded, right? If we don't see him traded, then there must be some type of attempt to re-sign him. Or, for all we know, the Raptors still think they can make the playoffs. Or they, they just can. want to clear 30 mil off the books. <laughs> That's no, another but you option. Can, but, if you're, yo, but you can get, you can get um, expiring deals in return for Lowry plus the first round. See what I'm saying? Like, It's not like, obviously, you don't want to take on cap that's going to extend past this season, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't think Danny Green's worth anything, right? But if you take if you take on expiring deals, which probably isn't Philly, probably somebody else, maybe Larry doesn't even want to go there, right? So it's it's more complicated than it is because I think no trade happens without Laurie saying I'm cool. And that's not similar to most situations that we see at the deadline right now. Facts. Facts. Um, <clears throat> but stay, sticking in the East, I want to transition into the Hawks because I know we had mentioned them a little bit earlier, but they're on an eight-game winning streak. They just beat the Lakers last night. Um, so I'm going to start this off. I watch a lot of Hawks basketball because on one of my fantasy teams, I have John Collins and Trey Young. And I see the change in playing style from when the All-Star break happened until now. Like If you watch the games, you'll see that Trey Young, for the most part, he's instead of scoring, he's doing a lot more facilitating, but he's also allowing others to facilitate. It's no more just give Trey Young the ball and 90% of the offense is what he does, right? Like they, they, they let a lot of the other people feature in the offense. Kevin Herter makes plays with the ball. Uh, they have <clears throat> Trey Young off balls, um, running around screens. Granted, he's not shooting. He's still going to the lane or whatever it is. Um, but just a change in play style. And they're getting John Collins a lot more involved than he was in the first half of the season. So um I don't know what the winning recipe is, and I don't know if this is sustainable. I don't know if this is just a matter of, you know, right place, right time, right schedule. But eight games is eight games, right? Especially with some of them coming against some of the top tier teams in the league, right? So I'm happy for Atlanta, but like, do you guys think it's sustainable? Obviously not this winning streak, but do you think it's sustainable in the sense that they're going to be able to maintain like a top four or five seed, especially with DeAndre Hunter on the way back? What do you think, Chris? I don't know. Like coming into the season, this was one of the teams that I was really high on, and I really did believe that they would be, you know, laying their flag in the Eastern Conference. And them coming into the season just was just disheartening. 
You know what I'm saying? And they had a lot of players that was playing well. John Collins was playing his best, but he's still a 20 and 10. That's what you expect out of him. DeAndre Hunter came out looking like their second best player on the entire roster. And Trey Young is still Trey Young. But now what I'm seeing is that what I'm realizing, and this is why I wasn't, you know, fond of them getting rid of Lloyd Pierce. It's because they never had their entire team at any point. And even right now, yes, they still do not have DeAndre Hunter, but they're getting contributions from the people that they picked up in the offseason. Danilo Gallinari, as I mentioned earlier, now Bogdan is now playing like he's and he's not playing like extremely well, but he's a competent body out there that's soaking up minutes that they didn't have before. You know what I'm saying? So like as they start to round in and as they start to get their players I expect them to make the playoffs. That was what I thought in the beginning, and that's probably why my dude got fired because the expectations was playoffs, and now they're firmly, not firmly, but now they have you know something to build on towards the rest of the season. So I don't know if they're going to be top five. I wouldn't bet my money on them finishing top five, but I would tentatively bet my money on them finishing in the playoffs, at least in the play-in, and then who knows what happens after that. What do you think, Kev? Man, I gotta look at trends still. You add Nate McMillan and things go right. Yeah, we can look and say if Lloyd Pierce got this type of contribution from other mans, then maybe he'd still have his job. Maybe they would have went on this eight-game win streak anyways, but we don't know that, right? What if Gallinari's playing well because Nate McMillan's changed offense and there's a bit more movement and now Gallinari's playing well? Bogdanovich, he was literally not doing anything out there. Um, I still don't think he's good. Keep it above with you guys. But he's they're playing way better. Like They're getting contributions all over the place. As Rob said, DeAndre Hunter's on his way back. But I just got to give it to Nate McMillan, man. A man can't continue to do something. like We saw what he did for years with that Indiana offense. Every year, they didn't have a star, and they just found him. Right? They Oladipo, Sabonis, and somehow – through all the constant change in that roster, they were in first place. Sorry, they're in playoffs. And a consistent team. They're an extremely consistent team, a tough team to play, a tough team to beat. He gets fired, and you look at the Pacers now. Facts. They've been inconsistent all year. This is the most inconsistent I've seen them, aside from record. Like Put record aside, they can't string win streaks together. They're not great on the road. Like It's, it's a completely different team. right? And a man can deem that to talent whatever it is but there's also one man that's missing and now he's somewhere else getting wins. so i think playoffs is definitely realistic i don't think top five is realistic so again like these men are a game out of eighth right now so it's it's great to see right i didn't think i didn't really have them penciled in as a guaranteed playoff team like other people did but they're definitely playing well and i hope it continues like as rob said again john collins way more involved um it seemed like they had kind of pushed him to the wayside and he might get traded and others saying he might not, but it's it, they're playing well still. Uh, Trey Young just has to be a leader, realistically. Like, we know you can get 30 and 10 any, any given night, but you got to start to do other things to get yourself better because pounding the ball for 18 seconds is not going to get it done this week unless you're James Harden, like, realistically. Yeah, I hear that. <clears throat> My biggest question right now is whether or not Given how he's played and the fact that they said that they're not willing to trade him, does that mean that they're going to give him the max? Because I swear they offered him, like, was it, a $90 million contract over four years? Yeah. Yo, that's the weird part about this is, like, fam, the man, when the man's on his rookie deal, trying to trade him, if a man's on his rookie deal and he's good, trying to trade him is damn near impossible, bro. Like, 
Yeah, you're not gonna get the value for it. The return you get to max to match contracts, like it just doesn't work up properly. So it's hard to find anything. I seen that the Timberwolves are interested. I don't know why. Well, I can tell you why because they're fucking desperate because these men are the shittest organization in the league, and the Warriors own their draft pick. So they're they're desperate. I think the Knicks might kick the tires. But like, who am I gonna get? Like, if I'm Atlanta, what are you looking for? I guess that's the question, right? If you're trading John Collins. Right, you have Gallinari essentially to, to replace him. You obviously have a big. What are you looking for in replacement for John Collins? Because if we look at this Hawks team, their starting lineup is basically rounded out. Like, so what are we looking for? Are we looking for bench pieces? Nah, I think they, you would be looking for like draft compensation, honestly. And because they have Hunt, they have Hunter, they have Gallinari, right, and they have Capella. So those three players can fill out your five and four positions. So realistically, you don't necessarily need John Collins. Like, you actually do not. So, like, if I'm them, I'm looking for who's going to give me which shit team. And if he, if he's going to get traded, I don't believe he goes to a team like the Celtics. I think he, no. goes, to a sh- I think he goes to a shit team. Mm-hmm. Like, these shit teams in the league that are saying, you know, we need young talent to, like, bring that infusion and hopefully he's the one that can save us out of purgatory. And in order to do that, they're going to have to give you a draft pick. And with that draft pick is when you can go back to your fans and say, listen, we got John Collins. He wanted more than we were willing to pay. We have the replacements for him. So now we have this pick that is lottery bound and we can surely replace him. I think that's the only way or only path to him being traded. But hear me out, Chris. This is my problem with some of these organizations. And it's a problem that I have with how people value draft picks. How do you sell to your fan base that I'm going to draft a player that is better than the man giving me 20 and 10? That doesn't make <laughs> sense here's to how me. You do it. No, here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. Because It's very easy, honestly. It's extremely easy. Because we haven't won with this guy. You know what I'm saying? And like, man, bro, it's we're not, bro, but it's not fair. But that that's that's what I'm, all I'm saying is it's an easy narrative to paint. We haven't won with dude. So nah, they're lying themselves at that point. Yo, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, no, I'm, saying, not. I'm not hearing that. I'm not hearing that. If I'm a fan, but I'm yo, because yo, you haven't won with Trey Young either. Does that mean you don't give him the max? No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, I'm just speaking from the points. Uh, yeah, I know, I, I know, I know. You're not saying that. I get, I get what you're saying. So, I get what you're saying. If I'm the Hawks, right? If I'm the Hawks GM, and I say I'm, a, I'm gonna make this move. All I come out and say is, John Collins is a great player. You know what I'm saying? His time here was great. All of that good stuff. But now we have an asset to where we feel like is more malleable and more conducive to winning in the future. That's it. That's cap, though. I hear you. I hear you. I'm not going at you. That's absolute cap. Because, yo, first of all, you can't promise man that's more conducive to winning in the future because you literally don't know who that is. To find a man that's, that's as good as John Collins in the draft, period, is next to impossible unless you're picking first. Let's keep it a book, right? On top of that, uh, what you said earlier, like I don't think if you trade him, th- this is where the issue comes in with Atlanta. For the first time in years, you're firmly entrenched in the playoffs. So now you're going to trade a man that's obviously a contributor to your team, a very big one, and young. You're going to trade him away for nothing. Yes, we agree that they have mans to replace him, but who's going to replace those mans off the bench? And it's hard to make this trade when you're good for the first time in years because then it kind of looks like you're you're not about winning this year or you're not all in on winning this year and you signed Gallinari to this stupid contract which told men you're all in on winning so I, I personally think I personally think they put themselves in a bad position where now 
nothing they do makes sense, right? We can look at it and say, okay, you're going to trade John Collins because you don't want to give him the max. Fine, but where else are you going to put the money? And you went and made it, created a team that's supposed to win games. You're winning games. John Collins is a big part of that right now. And now you're going to deal him and say, we're going to get something back from that. Like a draft pick is isn't cool still. Like especially when you're trading right, but, away proven talent. But but here's the thing, right? Do you think ninety million from John Collins is fair? Yes. Yes. Given given the fact that hold on, given given the landscape of the league and the fact that Jonathan Isaac got eighty mil for playing thirty games in his career, yes, I think so. Right, Malik OG so, got eighty. I understand they're defenders, but fam, like Collins is is going to get that. If he doesn't get yeah. it from here, he's going to get it still. All right. So, and that's what I'm saying, right? So, I believe it is fair. Now, if John Collins wants, I don't know what the max is for his for his, for him yeah, specifically, yeah. but let's just say it's like 110. I don't know, like 105, 110, right? Which is 15, 20 million more than you want to even pay the guy. And you're already putting up $90 million to him. And he's saying no to that. For me now, I'm saying, if I'm the Atlanta Hawks, this is why he's even in trade conversations in the first place. Like, no. fam, I'm already... I'm already extending myself to a certain degree, and I believe that's a fair offer that you should be accepting. And if you don't want to accept that, because we're what we do know for a fact is the fit between him and Capella isn't the most rosiest fit that who's you can better? find. And we, fam, I'm taking we Capella, don't know who's better. We I'm don't know who's better. I'm taking that team with Trey. Fam, we, uh, Capella is disgusting. Yeah, but he's also limited. He's limited in his talent. When they traded for him, he's everything they wanted. Yeah, he's not the talent, but in terms of what he does for that team, that man is an absolute. No, 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 I hear that, but hear me out. What I'm saying in in this case is, I'm not saying that Capella's not talented. He is good at what he does, but is he replaceable? (laughs) Is he replaceable? It's much easier to. It's but is he really? Fam, he's everything that team wanted like is he replaceable that's not even an understatement when they traded for him and they had the the conception of what capella can do for that team he has done everything that they thought i understand that but he is replaceable you know how hard it is to find a man like john collins who's putting up 20 and 10 with a tray and a block you know how hard it is to find a man that's going out there 14 and 14 with with on the sideline right now, eh? Drummond, Drummond's available, I can, eh? I can, nah, right. that's not the same man. That's not the same man. Actually playing defense? Fam, I can give you a man Yo, Rob, 20 and 10. I, hate man give this, bro. I can't stand this shit. Rob, last year, it's the last week we were arguing. Guy doesn't rate these niggas, bro. Last year, we were arguing against, uh, last week we were arguing against, um, what's his name? Against Drummond. Now, don't come switch up moving like that guy's a guy now. Bro, I'm not saying that he's good. I don't rate the man's. I don't rate the the Gobert, Andre Drummond type of players. I don't rate those guys, that's but I'm saying they're around. That's, they're around. That's fine. Still. Yo, they do are I see around. It? Do I see they're comparable in terms of effectiveness? Like I think like they're both hard to replace because John, yo, John, what John Collins does does to get his twenty and ten with that type of efficiency, that guy's like a career thirty eight percent three point shooter. Like it's hard to replace that. It's also hard to replace a man that's going to go out there and anchor your defense and give you fifteen and fifteen every night and block shots. It's hard. Right. So my issue is, I think the issue with this all comes in now is how much money did you give Gallinari? And for the money you gave him for then for me to look at you and say, you're going to kind of give Gallo that money. And then it becomes an issue to pay Collins. It's just weird to me because Collins is like 24 years old. He can't still get better. And you sign a man like Gallinari. I've been talking about this for weeks. Like, I'm, I know I keep beating a dead horse here, but the, the, direction you took doesn't make any sense because now you're in a situation where you have to trade a valuable competitor to your team and we're all here saying that the most you're going to get is a draft pick and 
what are you going to get back for that? An ex-Cam Reddish? <laughs> that guy sucks. Well, the, the story isn't finished on a guy like Cam Reddish. I understand, but 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 here's the thing. You're winning right now. You, you don't have you already have a Cam Reddish. You don't have time for another man that's two years away from being two years away. Don't. Not with the money you gave Gallo. Fam, Gallo is on the books for this year, next year, and then piss him off. But it's a lot of no, money, I'm about, fam. About, no, no, I'm just talking about money. Like I'm saying, like you, you make commitments to winning. We know that. Yeah, and they're fam. Do, I believe that they can still win if they traded Collins this year. But they yo, won't Chris, be better, though. Chris, let me ask you this, right? Like they may what not they be better, the but they would still trend water exactly around. Like if if they get anything, like anything in relative value for John Collins. I don't feel like they miss a beat. But yo, Chris... Because it's a... not like John Collins has been, like, spectacular this year. He's on a good stretch right now. No, no, but, but... we know but we know why his player dropped this year. It's just because based on the role. So, like, I feel any team that knows that season is like, if I give this guy... If I put this guy at center or I give him more of a feature role, like, he's going to at least do what he did last year. But yo, Chris, let me ask you this. Because this is this is more iced out dogs. Where are you, what are you going to do with the money? And I think people often mistake that point is, okay, yeah, you're saving money, but you're saving money for what? Free agents are not coming to Atlanta because you're not good. You have to prove um, to be I never, somewhat good. I never, I never subscribe to that, though, because here's what I do know. It's better to have the money than to not. But have the money and spend and it on man's like I'm, Gallo? You've had the money in the past. Collins, have, You've had the money in the past. They've always no, had the money. I, I'd rather have the money. I'd rather have the money than than not have the money. And I and I tied it into a guy where I know for a fact it doesn't even it's not the per, the most beautiful fit. And what's gonna end up happening is we're gonna try and make it work for a couple of years. And now I'm gonna try and change I'm I'm, a, I'm gonna be trying to uh trade this max contract. But yo, I'm definitely not gonna get anything in return. But basically everything that you're telling me is that you'd rather cut your losses. See? And that's that's all I'm saying is you can't Explain that to the fans. Though, be real. All the fans I'm saying is, to them that we fucked up. All I'm saying is this: is they've had the money in the past, and you know what they did? They went in out. They went out there and spent it on man's like Gallo. It's not and like Gallo's Atlanta never pro- pro- providing. We, story isn't written on Gallo yet. Like, why? Why are we trying to put? Yo, yo, Chris. There's no way you're gonna sit here and tell me that the, the, the spending the money on Gallinari bro. is a wise decision, and spending the money on Collins yo, isn't. Man, you've had the money in the past. No, you're not paid by Donovich. I know we saw Gallo and OKC last year. We know better. That man is out of here just now. Come on, man. Let's not let's not move stupid. Please, let's not do this. Right? Bro, if we get to the playoffs and Gallo performs good, now it's good money spent. Now what are we gonna now? Now what are we telling me? Is he gonna be there next year? I'm gonna, I'm gonna we get to the playoffs this year and Gallo plays like so how he's playing about right anybody. now. So if you give John Collins the max and he, and he plays so well, can we can, can we let the can we let the the process play out with Gallo? That's all I'm saying. We're acting like Gallo was like Gallo is like dead food right now. He's not. We'll pay man's like OG a bag of money and not pay a man putting up twenty and ten. I'll never understand. Still, I'll never. Yo, understand. if 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 Collins hits restricted free agency, it's gonna be a Montex. Still, I kind of want him to hit it just to see like man's dash the money at him because one fifty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah why would you do that? Just trade it. Like, the Knicks what? might the Knicks might take him over Julius, which is fucked. Even 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 teams like the Spurs might go out there and be like, I'm a I'm a you know try a thing with him. Like there's there's gonna um, be mans coming out of the woodworks that are gonna want. I'm not saying he's not talented. Like don't get it twisted. Yeah, I'm, not I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be paid. What I'm saying is the Hawks' offer of ninety million dollars is more than fair. If he turns that down and you say as an organization that I'm not going over that budget right there, 
trade the man, fam. But yo, this is my problem. We've seen man get paid for her less production, bro. And then you're going to trade him. We've seen man get paid paid for less production. So, Robs, we know the the, the fit doesn't work. I understand that. So, obviously, their their likelihood to pay him decreases with that. I get that. All I'm saying is, in terms of what Chris was trying to explain, the, the, the stance the organization should take in terms of, oh, we're getting the future asset that's more malleable, that's bullshit. Cut, tell them you're cutting your losses. Don't try and frame it as we're winning here or we're making our team better for the future. Nah, you lost a man that's giving you 20 and 10 for an unknown, for a question mark. And just say that it doesn't fit. It's that simple. Cut your losses. And, I'm, and I'd be cool if I was a fan. I'd rather you lie to me than tell me, oh, this is more malleable. We can get a better play in the future because that's bullshit. Like, you're not finding a 20 and 10 guy in the draft. And if you, if you go into a draft thinking you are, unless you're drafting first, you're lying to yourself. Because a lot of these first-round picks can't even do what Collins has done yet. Facts. DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> but anyways, let's move over to the Western Conference. So Western Conference, <clears throat> it looks a little bit more traditional, obviously, because this is a stronger conference. Um, I'm bringing it up as we speak. But we have Utah sitting at one at 30-11, followed by Phoenix, 27-13, Lakers third, Clips fourth, Portland fifth, Denver tied with fifth, San Antonio seventh, Dallas eighth, GS State Nine, and then we have Memphis, New Orleans, and the Scrubs. Um, <clears throat> right off the bat, I feel like this is the way better conference. It, it it looks a little bit more stable in terms of like the upward mobility. Like you're not going to see teams just skip the board in this conference. Um, my biggest surprise, I didn't think that Phoenix um, would be sitting in the second seed right now. And obviously with the Lakers just losing Braun to the injury out indefinitely, like we don't know what's going to happen with them. Hopefully they can maintain a top four seed, but like just generally overall with the conference, like it's a lot more stable. Um, I do think that G state will take Dallas out of the playoffs though. Um, hot take. I don't know if that's a wild take, but what do you guys think just generally about the conference? Kev? Nah, the real hot take, Kev, man probably didn't even hear what Kev said at the end of that podcast last time. So you want me to read myself? I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, you I feel like he needs, to, he needs to put it on the record on the early settings. You see it? <laughs> Go ahead, fam. Provided Anthony Davis is healthy, I still have the Lakers. But if Anthony Davis is not healthy, I am taking the Suns to win the conference. So what I'm saying is, provided the standing shakeout, I think it's the Suns and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And if AD's healthy, I think they win. If not, it's the Suns. So I don't care. Last pod, I asked Mans, what are they missing? I didn't really get a response. And we gave you a response, man. Yeah, I didn't get a good one. So we gave you a response. They don't have a guy. Yeah, all right. And you don't have the guy until you have the guy. You can't look at any man in the league. You can't look at any team in the league or any player in this league who isn't stated as that guy yet and say that he can't be that guy as much as you can look at Devin Booker. If there's one man you can look at right now and say he's one playoff appearance, one playoff round away from being that guy, it's him. And I'm taking that he's going to make that step. That's it. And after that, you got bare supporting cast. You have men that are playing well. Maybe they're active in the trade market. But what I see right now, the consistency, Clippers are shit, right? I don't know if they're, they're shit. I think they're shit still. Um, <laughs> shit is a very strong word. Nah, I think they're shit. <laughs> PG's, PG is, PG's hurt. That Toa Dima thing that man had, I looked it up. He's supposed to be out months. So he's playing hurt. And we know what it's what you know, we know what time it is. What I seen Patterson on the floor last night, eh? <laughs> I can't stand that guy, yo. But yeah, like 
I'm ta- I'm taking the Suns. Like I'm sh- I'm on the Suns heavy pops. Like they're they're my second team right now out there, and I just see no I see no flaws. Right? If Booker takes that step, I don't see how they lose anybody. And I think that step is more. I feel like Booker's been waiting for this moment. Like he's been waiting a very long time for the playoffs here, right? Right. So I'm saying so. <laughs> So I'm saying, and man, I don't want to hear Matt switch up because certain man's were moving were, were champion Devin Booker back when he wasn't making the playoffs. And I was saying, hold on there. But I think he's ready to take that step still. Nah, he's yeah. a very, ta- very, very talented young man still. Like, I feel like he has he has it. But for for you not even putting your toe in the playoff water yet, for me to then say now yeah. you are a logical candidate for being that guy in the playoffs like i remember i remember what cat did his first time touching playoffs you know what i'm saying it was nothing to write about and after that that playoffs is what really tainted him like i feel like he still hasn't shaken off that what happened to him in that series you know what i'm saying i'm just wary of of doing that with great players saying before they even got their toe wet Saying they're gonna be able to swim in the deep end. That's all. I'm, I'm yeah, saying. I'm not saying I'm not saying he, it's foolproof that he's just gonna be there. What I'm saying is like he has the perfect environment to thrive. I don't. Which which one of these guys? Which does the cat have a Chris Paul? No. Did Jimmy? Yeah, the Jimmy. Okay, but I don't. I don't, <laughs> but I don't. I don't see him as the same person as Chris. And then look at our uh, thing. Um, even when Donovan Mitchell made that jump, did he have a Chris Paul? No. When. Murray made that jump. He has a Jokic, right? But they're both learning as they go. So at least I can Mitchell look at that. Beer, so. But he's a man that's learning as he goes too. I'm talking about a man that's experienced. And when you look over, he gives you that confidence because he can win games and you have that ultimate you. trust. In you. So, so you're saying I feel like a vet that can still play. Not also a very good player in this league is what I'm saying. Yeah, like a man that's that, what I mean. Like, like a yeah. star vet that can still Yeah. Do. So, so I'm saying a man that's been around the block. And he knows how to win games. When you look, when you look to your left, as I said, when things are tight, when the opposition goes on a 10-0 run, when you look to your left and your vet is calm and he can still go out there and do it himself one night, that makes it a lot easier for you to go out there. Like, Think about it. Devin Booker is going to have to do a lot less for us to look at him as that guy. He's not going to have to go out there and drop 40 every night like Donovan Mitchell did for us to look at him as that guy. If he goes out you there may and have drops, to, though. I don't think so, though, because I look at this team and I say at the very end of the day, at least your center can get a buck if you drop it down to him. A lot of these teams can't even say that. And they may not use him that often, but I'm saying when things get tough, if two, three times you got to dump it down to Aiden in the game, like I can't, there's no other team in this that can do that. Aiden's getting Aside benched in the fourth quarter, team. no? Well, you can't look at last game. He had, he had, um, he had, he had followed. He's had followed. Oh, he's, been, he's been getting benched in the fourth quarter, man. They don't use him though. They you know, they man, actually I, don't use him. Yeah, but I, but I'm saying we know he can get a buck. I think they need a backup center still. I think they need a backup center because a man like Aiden could struggle with foul trouble come playoff time. So I think that might be the one piece they're missing. But as I said, aside from that, I don't know. Still, you got the Suns here. You stamping it? I'll die on that one. I'll die on that one. I don't know. I think right now, like the Western Conference is real bunched up. Again, I I don't really believe in the Clippers because until Paul George shows me he can do it, I'm not going to say he could do it because I know what Kawhi brings. (laughs) Exactly. Do we know what Kawhi brings? Fam. Nah, Kawhi's Kawhi's bringing it. We saw what Kawhi brought. Kawhi's bringing it. We saw what Kawhi brought. Kawhi was 0 for 4 in the the last five minutes. But his track record also shows that Does Kawhi have a track record though? He has one year, bro. He has one year, bro. Kawhi has one singular year. Year, year. I think one, one year guy. is better than Mads don't have that have no year. 
No, no, I understand. It's better than not having. But you can't talk about track record, fam. What are you talking about? You you have one track. You can say that train cams have none. Some men's have none. You you can't tell me he has a track record when the train can't move. There's one track, fam. But it moved and it got to the chip, fam. Oh my days! All I'm saying is he 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 has some history of being able to perform in the playoffs. PG will get to the playoffs and talk about his foot was hot in him from from February, and it's like yeah, you know what I mean? He'll pull out the bag. Yeah, my foot's been hurting me since February, but I've been pushing through, you know, for the betterment of the team. And talk about how, you know, the playoffs are getting Next to him and how man's on Twitter different. are bullying him. <laughs> it's wild, but. Nah, the way I see it, bro, I'm looking at the Clippers and I'm saying, when they if they get Lonzo Ball, as they're saying, how they're attempting to, you know. I don't know fam, how. I don't know how. I, that's why I said if they get Lonzo Ball. That, I'm just letting you know what the report came out and said, that they're pursuing Ball. And if they get Lonzo Ball, now everything is different. Now that team is yeah, actually like really one of the teams t- to fuck around with in the West. Without him, I still think that they're a, tra- a championship contender off of the strength. I'm not going to disrespect Paul George. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand that. Wh- whatever you want to say about that guy, bro, like, when you're talking about top 10, he's in that 10, 11, 12 group. You know what I'm saying? Where He's the, he's right there. He's either ten or he's eleven and twelve, right on the cup. So I'm not gonna be like he shit. Kawhi is Kawhi. We already know what that guy is. I don't know, you know. As I said, he has one track, but he's still one of the best players in the league. So I'm not gonna disrespect them. Like to have your two best players be wings, we're still trying to big up the Celtics, and they have the cheat man's version of this. So like, how can we now do that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. I don't know, bro. Like, I'm still saying that the Clippers are a team to fuck around with. Like, if the Clippers and the Suns met up, I'm not going to say I wouldn't take the Suns over the Clippers, but hey, that's just me. But then I'm looking at the rest of the the rest of the um, Western Conference and this whole narrative about the West being so strong, bro. Like, there's only like three, four teams that I'm actually looking at to do anything. And I'm not putting those teams above the Nets right now because they have KD on ice and we see what Harden is doing. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Utah, I still don't necessarily believe in them, but they are they're playing well, so I'm gonna give them their props at the moment. The Suns, I don't believe in the Suns either, so it's like I don't know. So it's really to me, it's the Lakers, the Clippers, and I'm looking at Denver to say I believe in you guys because I know when you guys turn it on, it's on. Besides that, everybody else is just beating up on the East and keeping and, and treading water in the West to me. But the thing is, is the fact that if we can even look at a team like the Clippers being, what, fourth? That speaks to the strength of the conference. Because look at their equivalents in the Eastern Conference, quote-unquote, the Boston tandem scraping at the AC. <laughs> can you know what I mean? Like, and, like, look, Steph Curry and GSW, GSG State is, what, ninth? Luka's eighth. Spurs are playing well, but they're still in seventh. Like, And if you just look at the records, like the records alone tell you that it's a stronger conference by far. And I don't know if that means it's a strong conference or the weakest of shit, but in comparison, it is a stronger conference. Well, it's a stronger. When I said stronger versus weaker, I'm talking about like title contenders. That's what I was getting to. So I'm saying like when I look at the East, to me, they have three title contenders. When I look at the West, I can stretch it to four. That's that's what I was saying. But it's not like all of the championship contenders are out west, and you only have like the Nets in the East that can say that they're, they they have a chance. Because if I want to stretch it to four in the West, I can stretch it to four in the East as well and, and include Miami in that. Because Miami at least got there last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe Miami is more of a contender 
than the Suns or the or Utah because they've been there. Fair. That's fair, still. It's fair. But are you just talking about the totality of the conference, or are you, are you just focusing in on the teams that you think are going to make it through the gauntlet? Because remember, the teams now, in the West will have about, to face a lot better competition to get to the point where they're actually in a position to face the Eastern team. And I think that's what we speak. When you about, get past the first round, to me, when you get past, but fam, when you get past the first round, then the talent is the talent. But the first you one's hard. We seen what Luca did to the Clips last year. <laughs> Yeah, but then he he was also out in six. So regardless of what it may have looked like he did, what he actually did is squeeze out two games and went home in six. It wasn't that much of a of a fight. Facts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it, it, w- w- however you want to spin the narrative, leave that to the mans that are trying to, you know, get viewers. <laughs> like We got to look at this up for what it was. And that's the same thing that I see. So you get past the first round. Now talent is a talent across the board, bro. That's just how I see it. I don't know. So it's weird. But I guess when it comes to the conference, it'll all kind of play out soon because towards the end of the season, we'll start to see some of the teams that are actually contenders separate themselves and the cream rises to the top, right? So hopefully, 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 right? I mean, I feel like every every three weeks we're talking about how Atlanta's either good or shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, yo, start of the season, I was asking man if they were for real because they were like third in the eight, third in the in the East, putting up historic offensive numbers. And now, they're back. So, I don't know. Let's see what happens two weeks from now. We'll see. Uh, but it's about time for us to take our fir- first break. We hit the 45-minute mark. Stay tuned. We'll come back. We're going to do a little draft review and maybe dig into some general topics. So, stay tuned. Be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, um, little break, but we're going to get into a fun little activity. So we're basically just going to go through some of the notable draft picks from the 2020 NBA draft and just kind of see whether or not they met our expectations. Right. Um, cause I feel like we did this earlier in the season and we kind of laid out our expectation, what we thought there would be. And now we have a ne- decent enough sample size. So we can kind of dig in and assess whether or not they met those expectations or surpassed or even failed them. So let's dig into it. So <clears throat> right off rip, we're going to talk about the number one draft pick. Anthony Edwards. I know originally I was the Ant-Man of the group. I told I told everybody that I thought he was good. And I mean, the jury's still out because he didn't get good until Malik Beasley kind of fell out of the rotation with the suspension. And yeah, he just dropped 42, but then he followed up with a piss poor performance after it. So I'm lukewarm on, 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 on Anthony Edwards. I'm not going to say that he blew the expectations out of the water, but he didn't, definitely didn't fail me. He's just kind of coasting right now. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I think that's a fair fair way to put it. I, like, I'm not ready to say that he's certified, but he, like, he, you can see the talent, right? He can get to the rim, like very well, finishes very well. We know the athleticism. He has some confidence in his jumper. If his shot selection can improve, he can do a better job of getting to his spots. Like, I think there's something there. He's not doing that much playmaking, but he can play out the pick and roll. I think he's been very decent there. Like he's a fun player to watch as well. Right. I think when we talk about Melo, we'll speak on that too. Like there's, it's exciting. And what he does, he can do some very great things on the court. So first year, I think to look for anything more than that is kind of tough. Obviously we've had men's come through and be essentially stars in this league off rip, but it doesn't have to be that way, nor should it necessarily be that way, right? I think if you continue to get better throughout the season, you show us promise, then we can look to your second year and say, okay, 
can you improve? If you can continue to do that based on where you're starting from now, like you can be a, a good NBA player, possibly a star in this league. He's a walking bucket for sure. And and he's definitely a walking bucket. And he's doing everything that I thought he was going to be able to do. Come in, drop buckets, and put up inefficient points. You know what I'm saying? That's what I thought he was going to be able to do. So it's not even... I think he's he's right there. He's one of the... he This surge that he's on, he put his name into the rookie of the, the year, you know, ballot, for sure. Because before he wasn't in it at all, to, to my estimation. But now with this last... 10 games that he's on he's definitely one of the people that you can say deserves to be rookie of the year so i'm happy for him on that aspect because i know he cares about that shit you don't want to be the first overall pick and now we're not talking about you getting the award at the end of the year and he's that type of nigga that has that type of pride you know what i'm saying i see <laughs> that on him so yeah I'm, I'm super happy for him to be honest yeah definitely and we'll see what happens because Malik Beasley is supposed to come back on the 27th so I'm interested to see how the rotation will shake out whether or not they're still going to start him or like what's going on um, but next on the on the list we got number two overall pick James Wiseman yo I'm can I start can I start can I start yeah yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead, go ahead. what did I tell man about this guy <laughs> I said off rip I said it's not worth it I said Man, like Chris told me about how at the very least he's going to be out there defend. And I said, Mm -hmm. it's hard to defend at this level, especially as a big. And I also said, the Warriors are not even going to use him. So talent aside, the man can't get on the court. Why? Because a man like Kavon Looney is better than him in that system at this point. And that was my entire point to this. I said, talent aside, this man is not going to play. They have no use for him. They don't have time to wait for him to figure out how to dribble handoff, make the right reads, not get caught in no man's land in pick and roll where man's are throwing lobs over his head or just getting to the rim. I said all of this. And now the exact same thing is happening. A couple of days ago, the man didn't play, wasn't, was going to be a DMP CD until the Warriors went down by 40. And then he touched game for eight minutes. And what did he do? What, what did he do? What did he do? 14 and 7 do? with two blocks. Okay, but what I told well, this is my point from 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 rip, I get your rip. point, Kev. That was my point off rip. I, Matt, Matt tried to tell me about the talent. I said, first of all, I don't even believe in the talent like that. Second of all, they are not going to play him. They have no use for that man. So now I'm looking, I'm seeing at man, more so I'm seeing the mellow ball because he was there, and I'm seeing the way he's producing, and I feel like they would have had a better need for him, even if it doesn't fit, even if you have two star guards already. I know they use guards, they don't use bigs. And what the bigs are asked to do in that Warriors system is hard enough for a man like Oubre and Wiggins to grasp as forwards, much less a big who barely even played in college, who's barely played structured basketball outside of high school. Like, it's it's, it's just annoying to see still because, like, I don't really understood understand how the Warriors expected this to fit. They're looking at a post-Steph Curry world, but that world's nowhere close. Like, you're not even close to that, so... He might be up. His rookie contract might be done. His confidence might be shot before you ever feel the need to actually use it. And it's sad. It's not shot. It's definitely. It said not it might, shot. I'm not saying it. No, no, I'm saying by time they actually decide to use it. Because as long as they have Steph Curry and as long as they're playing in this current system, they're never going to really have a need for him. And so I'm saying by time Steph Curry's old and he's done, when it might be James Wiseman time, his confidence might be done. That's what I'm saying. 
the talent is going to dictate that it's James Wiseman's time. You know what I'm saying? Now you can finagle the man's minutes. You can finagle his minutes all you want right now because he's a rookie. And we we know how that goes. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they're coming out, and I I remember watching an interview with, with um, Draymond, and he was like, oh, you know, it's the second half of the season. Coming into, the, the like, the break, right? He's like, it's second half of the season. It's time to take off the training wheels. Like, it's time for him to go out there and be a monster. And that, that was the narrative that we've been hearing from Steve. Um, not Steve. Fuck, what am I talking about? From Steve Kurt. Kurt. Yeah, yes. Steve Kurt. Steve, I'm thinking about Steve Nash. Fuck it. But whatever. So, like. Yeah, from Steve Kerr, we've been hearing that narrative. Oh, we're about to take off the training wheels on him, and he's gonna play more in the second half, and we're gonna rely on him. We're gonna do all of this type of stuff. And then they came out and didn't even play the man. So to me, it's like if anyone is fucking around with the man's confidence or his head, it's the fucking coach. If you're gonna say something, then do it, bro. Yeah. That's that's all yeah. it is. If fam, but, if you don't want to play him, don't tell me you're playing him. That's all. I, that's yeah. all I ask. This is this is what I was saying from the beginning, fam. Like they're going to want to play him, but he cannot help them win games right now. So then it's why are you telling when, me you're going to play him? Because they want to, right? They want and it's I'm not saying it's right. What I'm it's it's obviously wrong to tell a man you're going to play him and then not play. Him. What I'm saying is they want to play this guy, but they can't because they also have Steph Curry and they're trying to win games. That's the most important thing to them right now. That's what that was my entire point. They do not have the time to 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 take the training wheels off, have him out there getting smoked and pick and roll and they're getting slapped by 20. They don't have the time to do that. So, so you keep telling me the talent's going to rise. No, it's not because he's more talented than Kevon Looney. But he's not going Fam. to play. Yo, he can't he, play because he does not understand the NBA yet. And it's hard. Not, not right now. But right, I didn't but say okay. the talent's going to rise right now. I said starting next year when he's no longer a rookie, when he's actually had years of, you know, a full year of NBA basketball under his belt, coupled with the talent, with his IQ matching up, he's going to play, bro. If but that's IQ assuming man. that he has an IQ to do it as well, right? Like, some guys right. just never I'm not never saying he doesn't, on. but we can't just say he does. Like, there's mans, there's mans that can't get the Warrior system. There's mans that struggling. Yeah, Ubi is struggling like, right now, man. Oh. And when you're asking when you're asking bigs to... When, when you're playing on the Warriors, you're asking bigs to set way more screens, different type of screens, right? And a man like James Wiseman coming out of high school, probably sat on the block all day, was never asked to screen a soul played three games in college, he's not going to screen anybody. He's not used to screening anybody. If we're going to say he's going to get it in a year, cool, maybe he will. But part of being able to get it is game time, right? Obviously, you can sit and watch and learn too, but part of it is game time. And at no point do I think the Warriors are going to have that time for him to learn that on the fly. So he's going to have to sit on the bench and learn it. And I don't think that's as easy as you think. And I don't All think... All that sounds like to me, though, is the Warriors wasting a talent. Yes. Yeah, and I said that's what he's that. saying, bro. I said that off-rip. I, right, I so, said I don't believe in the talent. Plus, they're not even going to use him. So I can't – right now, I can't say Wiseman is shit because they're never – and we're never – I don't think we'll ever be able to say that, right? I can't definitively say this guy's bad. I don't think he's good, but I can't definitively say that. That's just my thoughts. I don't have facts because they're not playing it. But my point from the beginning was even if I don't think this guy's talented, he's not even going to get the chance to prove it because they don't have time. Bigs have never played over 30 minutes. A center has never played over 30 minutes for Steve Kerr since he took over the Warriors. And I never thought that was going to change, and it still isn't. And right now, well, we're, talking about me, a man buried, we're talking about a man buried behind Kavon Looney. Come on. Yeah, but uh, to me, how I see it, I believed in the talent. You know what I'm saying? I said James Wiseman is good. <laughs> like, that's all I knew. And I haven't seen anything that has me deterring from that statement. When I said that, at the very least, he's going to be a big body out there getting blocks. 
he's been getting blocks. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, said, okay, but yeah, you can get blocks, but he's getting smoked out there. Yeah, he but fam, and, and I conceded that though because I obviously understood that number one, playing defense as a big in the NBA is hard in itself to not mm-hmm. foul, to not do any all of that stuff. Like it's hard. Like and obviously I knew there's gonna be his rookie year isn't gonna go the best because he just hasn't played enough. He's not seasoned. He's he he he's he's a chicken with no season on right now, fam. He's just not it's not gonna be what you want. But at the same time, what I'm saying is what we what we have seen out of him ha- has me saying that it's not a blown pick in any respect. And it's up to Steve Kerr to now go out there and make it work because you're not gonna put a second round draft pick into the guy. And then you you can see that there's talent there, and then you don't try and extract the talent you're you're that's your job as a coach but i think i think you're you're mistaking something chris i think you're you're mistaken you're assuming that the warriors care to develop talent when they already have their watch they're more concerned with winning as opposed to developing talent right that's the focus you didn't care to develop the talent you should have traded the draft pick no, or no, they but, took the no, best talent available, hoping that they can put him on the sidelines for three, right, four, the, five years, and then when the time yo, comes, he'll be semi The focus, the focus right now for the Warriors is not developing talent. I'm not saying they don't care about it. I think they care about it. Obviously, they care about. It. But the main focus is winning. After being the sh- one of the shittest teams in the league last year, they do not have the time to bring a man along. And when Clay comes back next year, and it's supposed to be Clay and and, and Steph take the NBA bat by storm, they're still not going to have the time. So at some point while sitting on the bench, he's going to have to figure it out. And that's not easy. That's hard. And at some point, his confidence may be gone. By the time they're ready to give him the keys and say, yo, go out there and make your mistakes, his confidence might be shot. And then we'll never get a chance to see what he was supposed to be, which is why from off rip, I said this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you can look at the Warriors starting lineup and say they're only missing a center. What about the part where you don't use a center? What about the part where you had... Andrew Bogut, and they're just using him to do handoffs. It doesn't. It doesn't I make. Know, sense. I don't agree with it because I just don't. He's the man. I see the talent. To me, it's like why would you then? Why would you then pick pick the guy if you know you're going to waste him? Because this has I, nothing I to do. That, but I said that offer. Yeah, that's but I that's said. why I can't agree with it because it, you can say this now because he's in his rookie year and he only played three year three games in college. You can say that now. I'm saying moving forward. How do you? How do you? invest in that type of pick into this player that you're now telling me that you're not going to use it's ridiculous it's just stupid like which yo, a yo, regular man on roads wouldn't do that a regular nah, nah, man on roads wouldn't no nah, no nah, nah, but here's here's the thing right because the warriors are fighting two things here you're going to say if they don't play james wiseman it's stupid but at the same time if they're getting smoked out there you're going to be saying steve kerr's a fraud steph curry's a fraud so like no, that's but what I'm saying. They're, they're not playing James Wiseman right now, right? And they're still getting smoked. Nah, but at least they're in the playoffs. Huh? I think, but so I'm saying is like, regardless, at some point they were good. They've had bad stretches. They've had good stretches. What I'm saying is, if they put James Wiseman out there as a rookie, as it should be, right? It's no fault on him. They're going to get smoked. They play this man 28 minutes a night, 30 minutes. That's the reason why he's not playing, right? It's gonna happen because he does not know how to play out there yet. So. They're going to, like, what's more important for them? Not wasting whatever years they have left of Curry or developing James Wiseman. And I think those competing things are why you should have never drafted this guy and why I said it. I said, you go get the guard who at the very least can come off your bench and do something for you. And if he's not playing defense, if LaMelo Ball's not playing defense, his team's not getting blown out by 30 every night because he's not the anchor. He's not the last guy. 
when James Wiseman can't guard pick and roll, as again, as he should not be able to as a rookie, it's not his fault. But at the same time, you're not going to play him because men are trying to win. That's what happens when you get drafted to a franchise that has Steph Curry and Steph Curry just in general. Which teams are picking this high with a Steph Curry? That doesn't happen. And that's what happens because now Mavs don't have time for you. Steph Curry may think this guy's talented, but Mavs don't have time for you to figure it out. Not when you have a Kavon Looney who's been here for X amount of years and can do it. He can't get a buck. He can barely do anything out there, but at least he's not going to go out there and make similar mistakes that a rookie would make. And how, do, how, does, how is James Wiseman going to learn? On the bench? Can he learn on the bench or does he need game time? Because I don't think that's coming anytime soon. So. Fair, fair. Um, let's move forward. So next we got LaMelo Ball, third. And I think this is a rookie of the year. I think it's pretty pretty much written in, in pen right now. But honestly, like, I wasn't that high on LaMelo, so I'll give it to Chris because I know that you were high. But, like, personally, just speaking quickly, he, he is everything I thought he, he could have been. And he, he's, a lot, he's a lot better, a lot faster because I never thought that he would have came in and had this type of impact. And the shooting is a lot better than I thought it was. The ball handling is a lot better than I thought it was. I knew he can play make, um, but he just the synergy with him and his teammates is, is 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 has come around a lot faster than most rookie point guards develop with their teammates, right? So like, I don't know if I'm making sense when they, when I say this, but I think that he's just one of those players where he's infectious. Like he's gonna bring a certain energy, and everybody follows suits. And you could see as clearly how they're playing the past couple games or even the entire season, right? The Hornets are on the up and come and it's largely in, in part due to him. So I'll show it to you, Chris, because I know that's your boy still. Hey, hey fam, listen, before the, before the draft and whatever the case is, I said that if I had to pick, if I was Minnesota, I'm taking LaMelo Ball. And I never wavered on it because what I did know from LaMelo Ball is for all the criticism that he was getting, you know what that infectiousness is that you're speaking of? A guy that knows how to hoop, fam. A guy that fully understands how to play basketball. He's the complete opposite of what James Wiseman is as a big. For a guard to know how to know his passing lanes, he doesn't even have that athleticism like Anthony Wiseman where he can just, you know, pummel his way past a man. Nah, but he has the smarts to know the hezzy moves. You know what I'm saying? The handles. Ball handler for a 6'8", 6'9", guard off the charts bro off the charts his passing skills his vision his instincts on the rebounds fam this is a basketball player bro and me looking at him i'm like yeah bro yes he has been playing in australia he has been playing in his dad's basketball league whatever the fuck that shit was called but at the end of the day bro anytime i seen the man i saw the feel on the court to say he can hoop you know what i'm saying and the only real thing for me was is his athleticism enough to allow him to do the things that I feel like he can do. And so far, A+, plus, bro. A+. Plus. I seen he understands how to play and how to maneuver himself to get to the basket against mismatches. He understands that he's a bigger guard. So even when he does get, even if there's a player on him when he's driving on another guard, he's so big, pause, and he has the touch to where his floater game, when he gets into the lane, he's floating it up. He's finding different points on the glass to lay the ball up. Fam, LaMelo Ball is going to be, you know, the player in this draft class for the foreseeable future, in my estimation. And 
this is one of those where I'm aware of the hat, fam. Like, I was on the LaMelo bandwagon when I was hearing that he may be sliding in the draft. All of that fuckery. You remember? Oh, he's a bad interview. Uh, fam, can the man hoop? Can the man hoop, bro? KPJ right. could hoop too, but look what look how that turned out. Now, but it wasn't a case where the man, people were saying that his head was gone. KPJ's head was gone. People were talking about LaMelo like, oh, he's a bad interview, and we don't know if he really loves the game. Because he was coming from a circus, fam. Look at the dysfunction that was, that followed him. That's not, I'm not saying that I'm disputing his talent. His talent was always on display, but let's not act like there wasn't a, a series of events that came with LaMelo. <laughs> a whole there was rigmarole a, fam, of, of circus events. Like, it was wild. Here, here, here's the thing, right? If I'm drafting at the top of the draft, number one, what I want to see is the talent. Number one, what I want... The number two is what I want to see is how much potential does this guy have and how high is the ceiling going to go? Those two questions were definitely in LaMelo's favor to me, which is why him talking about he's going to be sliding and all that fuckery, bro, shout out to Michael Jordan for not letting those type of talks deter him from doing what he was supposed to do. Yo, Melo's been great still. 16, 6, and 6. Like he's, His efficiency is great for a rookie, shooting almost 38% from deep. He's been great. Like It's... It's, it's the energy that he brings to that team. He's essentially made that team fun to watch, right? I do not subscribe to the fact that the only reason why this team is winning games now is like it's just him because they also added Hayward. Rozier took a big step. So it's not just him, but he's a big part of it because what he's doing out there on the offensive side of the ball, he's rebounding, as Chris said, passing. It's just fun, man. Like you just you look and you just want to be a part of that. Team, you have my he has Miles Bridges playing way better this year, and that's solely because of him. Like they have chemistry on the court there, and the Hornets lucked up because they've had bad draft history in a while, right? They pick third, and for to get Lamelo Ball, a guy that looks like he can be a star in this thing for a very long time, is amazing. They when they first expanded, they took Emeka Okafor, and that man is out the league in like eight years, right? So. They've had a bad history, Malik Monk. Like they've had a very bad history, and for PJ them to get Harrison. this, it's just yeah, it's just yo, just don't fuck it up. Is all I'd say to to Mike. Just don't fuck it up. Like just let this kid grow. I was fir- I firmly understood him coming off the bench. The man forces way into the starting lineup naturally, and you keep it that way. And he's he's hooping still. He's he's got everything. Um, if there's a wall coming. That's cool. Like he, he already ran away with the the rookie of the year. Still, no one's Ant Man's not doing enough. He hasn't done enough consistently to warrant him com- contending. If the season ended today, it's it's unanimous for for ball, in my opinion. Facts. So, <clears throat> I guess what we can do now is, I guess I'll, I'll just do a quick round so everybody just kind of pick one prospect because I that was the consensus top three. I guess we could each just take a prospect and kind of assess where they're at right now. So I'll start. <clears throat> I'm going to go with Cole Anthony. I'm so disappointed in Cole Anthony, man. I'm so disappointed in Cole Anthony. Like Disappointed? What did you think I'm he was supposed to do? Yo, I, the feel thing like about it, I feel like he's above expectations. No, no, yeah. no. Because here's the thing, right? I feel for. like he's following the Austin Rivers trajectory. It's like this guy in high school. And yeah, I'm not going to put too much. Sorry? That was what he was supposed to be. No, no, no. But I'm saying I'm not. Nah, I'm not, I'm not gonna to put too much, that. too much, too much emphasis on what he was in high school. But what I seen in high school, right? 
I was amazed. And then when he went to UNC, I'm like, okay, yeah, your team's dog shit, but you know, you're doing everything you can. Like, you know what I mean? You're, you're trying everything. You just don't have the pieces. And then you come to the NBA. I'm like, all right, cool. They're going to ease you in behind Fultz or whatever. Fultz goes down and you're just blah. Like, even if he was out there just doing what he was doing, and he was shooting piss poor from the field, but you know, he was trying and just uh, going all out. I think he played well still. Nah. I need more from him, bro. I need more from him. I'm watching him and you're just, you're just, you're just dead in. Like, you're just out there. Like you're not you're not forcing the issue you're not you know pushing the envelope like I and I would even think that right now given Orlando's current state this is the time for you to go out there and make your mistakes and earn your stripes and it's just he's just going through the motions I'm like yo bro you were supposed to be well before. he got hurt true but going into the season like the college season he was a consensus top five pick things happened at UNC and yeah you kind of fell out of love with yeah. that and, and then wh- he where's looked all real that Dennis Smitty. <laughs> So I look like a Dennis Smith Jr. out there, and he sort of falling faster than rock off a fucking cliff. Fam, listen, nah, bro. <laughs> he he. After what you've seen at USC, UNC, or on UNC, man. sorry, yeah, UNC. After what you saw from UNC, fam, we knew what time it is. It, it was with this guy. Like to me, I a hundred percent just looked at him and said, ah, he's a Dennis Smith Jr. Simple. And what was Dennis Jr. doing in the league? You know what I'm saying? He wasn't doing shit. So the mere fact that he was out here playing and he had a, a good few moments out there that where I can say, you know, and he's a good dude as well. Like, I know he's going to work hard. I know he's going to do everything that he possibly can to be a, a good player. Um, so he's one of those guys where I'm not going to say I'm disappointed. To me, it's even a it's a plus. I'm not even going to front. Like, I thought he was asshole and he hasn't been asshole so like i don't know maybe it's just me then yeah, I, don't know. I, I got patrick williams as my guy that i'm gonna talk about like i think he's been great just he's the type of guy you want on your team if your team is winning like he doesn't do too much out there he rebounds he's shot very well he shot he's shooting 40 percent from deep like i just see a guy that can kind of turn into an auto porter um not the washed up one who's still like 28 years old, but the one from like three years ago. I think I think there's a lot of promise in him. I think he's going to get a bigger opportunity next year when some of those guys leave. And he can play the three, he can play the four. I, I just like what I see. And I think similar to Sadiq Bey, like he's, he can hit shots, right? And he can do a lot of things that are very valuable in this league. You'll get paid a lot of money doing that shit. So... That's my guy. I think he's flown under the radar, but he's been consistent all year on a very bad team. For me, my guy, and you already know who has to be. After I said LaMelo Ball, my next guy was Tyrese. And yes, Tyrese has been having a little rough patch after he came off of his injury. Um, But the body of work this season has showed that I was definitely correct. Absolutely correct. The guys out there, I said has he ever shown us anything where we say that he can't shoot oh but the form and uh, uh, comes out lights out shooter out the gate you know what i'm saying he's getting to the he's not getting to the basket that's the one thing that he has to fix in this coming off season he can't get to the rims, there's so. no reason why you're out there and you literally you're allergic it's like you've been vaccinated from the fucking free throw line it has to it can't happen like that so that's the one thing that he has to change but other than that he's everything that i thought he could be beside a guy like darren fox clean up all the defensive mistakes however you can be a great help defender get into the passing lanes get your blocks he's a great passer 
great in transition, great spot-up shooter. Like, fam, in every way, I'm saying Tyrese Halliburton has been the guy that I thought he could be. I don't really know how far he can scale upwards. That's the one thing that I can say as well. Like, I don't see how he becomes one of, like, a preeminent guard in the league. I think that his he's he's approaching his cap when he starts. He's going to settle around, like, 16 points a game, 5-5 five and five for his entire career, in my estimation. I don't see him taking it beyond there. But that's a pretty damn good player if you have that beside a lead guard that can go out there and push the envelope like a Darren Fox. Yo, I think, yo, he's been pretty shit since he came back from injury. Like, bad, right? Like, the turnovers he's been, like, I've watched him a lot. I've watched probably all their games since since the All-Star break. And, like, he's been very bad, right? But prior to that, he was great. His three-point shooting has also fallen off a cliff, right? It was already at an unsustainable level to begin with for me, so... I'm kind of looking to see where it rounds out towards the end of the season. And I don't want Mans to tell me about what he did pre-All-Star break or what he did post-All-Star break. I just want to see the full 72-game schedule because he started seeing he was shooting upwards of like 45% from three, and now it's down to 41, and he can't hit anything right now. So when it all averages out, what are we talking about? What type of shooter are we talking about? I'm not 100% sold that he can't shoot the ball from three. I'm not 100% sold. He's... I can't say he can't because he's definitely shown to do it so far, but I need a full season. I may even need more than that for me to be 100% um, on board with it. But even aside from the three-point shooting, if he can't shoot, like he's shown he can do things out there. He can pass. He can play out the pick and roll. Um, he's he's active on defense. I won't say he's a good defender yet. Um, he's active. It's the least you can ask for from a rookie where he's showing promise in that aspect. He's fairly efficient. As Chris said, like, he can't get to the rim. Before he even gets to the free throw line, like, he can't get layups. Like, he struggles to get to the rim. I think it's due to a lack of athleticism. Um, He's a bigger guard, but, like, without the athleticism, like, you're no better than a six-footer out there if you can't figure out ways to get creative and get past your guy. Um, But where they got him at is an absolute steal, right? He's second in win shares for rookies. Like, you can't ask for anything more. And, again, it's just sad for me. Because I liked him. I liked him coming out of college. It's just sad for me that he ended up with the Kings because he'll never win a game. I, I like him a lot just because I feel like one thing that the Kings needed is that they needed to spark some competition. Because some of these guys out there look like their mediocre play was just becoming the constant. Like he, Since he came in, and granted, he slowed down a little bit. But he's he's lit a fire under Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill knows the clock is ticking. <laughs> the clock is ticking. And ever since then, he's been sl- slapping five, six, seven, eight trays a game like he's been going out there playing like a madman because he knows his job's on the line right so like i really like what he's brought to the team obviously like yeah he for a rookie he's performed really well as chris said one my only criticism that i had coming in is i didn't think the jump shot would have went down and it, it has fallen but you know that's still up for debate and two i didn't know how much better he would have gotten just because he wasn't a freshman and he played in a conference where a lot of the players he was going against weren't necessarily I'm not going to say they weren't good players, Amazing but the, yeah, they weren't amazing competition amazing that talent. year in the Big Ten. Um, but yeah, like he was, he's good. Like I, I don't know what more you would want from a rookie, especially going to the Kings, because if I was a rookie and they told me that I'm going to Sacramento, first of all, they told me I'm going to Cali, I'd be excited. And then they told me I'm going to Sacramento, I'd be pissed. But like, <laughs> even the motivation to even wake up every day and go play in Sacramento, knowing you're at the bottom of the table, no matter how you play, and just the dysfunction of the organization – for him to go out there and actually be performing, granted, he went to Iowa's, not Iowa. Was it Iowa? Iowa State? Yeah. He went somewhere. Yeah, Iowa, yeah. Iowa State, yeah. So, yeah. He like, went to Iowa, yeah. 
Oh, yes, Iowa State, yes, Iowa but... State. Um, yeah, like, he's, he, you honestly, he just looks like maybe one of those guys that just brings the lunch pill and goes to work. It's not with the extras. You know what I mean? And that's what Sacramento needs. And I don't know if he's going to be a long-term starter. Um, I don't know. He's definitely a long-term starter. I, I don't know. Yo, I, I don't kinda, know. I, I, don't know. I kind of see, see him as Alonzo Ball, whereas if you have a mm-hmm. ball-dominant guard, right, if you put him in there, he's going to fit nice, right? As long as you can hit your shots, you're going to play defense. If you, you get the ball, you can run pick and roll. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to ask. You're never going to ask got to drop 20. If you And that's the thing I don't like about some of these teams. Sometimes they get these players like where obviously you're never going to look at a guy if you have him and say your potential is limited, right? You're obviously going to think that he can achieve the highest of the highs. But I don't like when teams start to force guys into positions where they've never shown that they can that they can thrive in, right? And I don't think the Granted, Sacramento though, Kings are going to have to do that. Go ahead. You remember SGA when he was a rookie dropping 11 points a game? Yeah. And he's a, he's a similar type of build as Halliburton. I think SGA yeah. is like 6'5". Halliburton is like 6'6". Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. they're both super long paws. Like, he, they're, it's similar. And SGA doesn't have the most fluid jump shot either. But he's going out there dropping 24 a game. You but know what I'm saying? Yeah, but on, I think on he 50% felt, I percent shooting. But yeah, with, but I don't with, think with I don't garbage think forced, around him. Like I don't think they forced him to do that though. Like I feel like I don't think anyone expected this guy to be 24. I don't think OKC expected this guy to be 24 a game when they traded for him. Right? I'm not saying it can't happen, but what I'm saying is like next year, I don't think the Kings should just put the ball in this guy's hand and say, "Go get me 20." Is what I'm saying, right? I don't think no, they I'm even asked saying, him like, to do that last year. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he he couldn't do it. I'm saying like yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. my my projection would be like a 16 points per game guy for like right. the prime of his career. But I'm just saying like because SGA is a very similar case to me. Yeah, definitely. But, See, I, I, think I think he disagree. Did, I think he did because, a lot less as a rookie. Yeah, I disagree because I think, and again, this is probably speaking to Kentucky, like and how well they run the program. Like Kentucky always puts out guys with untapped, with untapped potential, untapped potential. Because Shea was literally a, a, a backup point guard in Kentucky and ended up transitioning to the starting lineup. And he started as a backup, and then he started the season no, later on. Yes, he did. Google it. He started as a backup and then he transitioned to the starting lineup. And then on top of that... For what, two games? Nonetheless, he started as a backup and he transitioned to the starting lineup. And then on top of that, um, he was a freshman. like, And he was playing against better competition. Whereas if you look at um, Tyrese, Tyrese went through his rookie season. I mean, freshman season wasn't really saying much. He was good. And then transitioned and won... I think he won Big Ten Player of the Year in his conference that, that second year. So that was literally the height of his play. Like, I didn't think there was that much untapped All potential. American. All-American. Who? Who's All-American? Uh, SGA. Yeah, because he started SGA. in the season. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> Anyways. No, I'm... I'm yo, fam, keep, keep, keep bringing <laughs> the flowers for Kentucky, fam. Just keep it off, fam. This guy, man. Bring <laughs> yo, the flowers, fam. All I'm saying is, is I don't think it's a fair comparison because I feel like Shea had a lot of untapped potential that um, teams and players saw, whereas, like, we pretty much seen Tyrese play at the height of his... Like, we seen what he was capable of doing. They both won 11, though. Yeah, because he was a steady nah, player. Man, it's kind of unfair to say that senior people are doing so. I think, like, yo, I get what you're saying in terms, like, I think we're all in agreement that, like, we don't know how to to look at this guy as a star. Like, we don't necessarily see him as a star, but that's fine. Like, that's fine. The Lonzo balls are valuable too, fam. Like, if you see the team that the Clippers out there trying to get in, those guys are valuable. They, if them by themselves, 
can't win you games, but if you put them in a situation that's just right there, they can put you over the top. So pause. But yeah, it's it's uh, he's been great. Still, that's it for me. Yeah. You guys have anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Trade deadline week. Honestly, as an NBA fan, I can't help myself, but this is one of my favorite times of the year. So, it, I, I wouldn't be able to rank it, but trade deadline is definitely in my top five of times in an NBA calendar season, for sure. Every year, men talk about how nice the trade line, deadline is going to be, and then they complain when nothing happens. Um, all the rumors that we heard through the entire season, when none of them really come to fruition, men's complain every year. So I'm not one of them. Obviously, it's exciting. Like, I hope some shit happens, but I, I don't go into the same situation every year thinking the same thing to get disappointed. So. Yeah, for me, trade deadline is going to be interesting. I know PJ Tucker just got moved, but that really doesn't mean much for me. But um, mean something for the for the Bucks, though. That's a good pickup for them. It is. It but does. Like, a corner three. He's made the most corner threes in the last five seasons, fam. Cool. <laughs> and that's what you need. Like, nah, that's great. That's a great pickup for them. I don't know. Uh, trade deadline for me is not really that exciting because I feel like at the end of the day, like I'm not even a fan of making mid move, mid season moves like that anyway. Yeah, so yeah, 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 we ain't know where we stand on that. Still, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it was up to you, there would be none, none that ever happens. Yeah, ride the ship, fam. Ride, ride the ship, fam. Let's let's see where this finishes and then reassess. That's all I'm saying. But anyways, this is a conversation for a different day. Um. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys. It is the Hardware Report, available on all streaming platforms, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever you listen to, we're on there. Also on YouTube and TikTok, so make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe. We're going to try to raise the engagement, hopefully with a giveaway sooner rather than later. Um, Yeah, make sure you guys share the content. Never hoard a good thing because we do want to get that out there to everybody. Whoever's willing to listen, make sure you download it. Do whatever you need to do because at the end of the day, it really does help the content. It helps us get the product out there as much as possible. Um, But until next time, we'll talk to you guys. Take care.